And there you are. I got you. Shabbat Shalom, Baruch Hashem, Yahweh. Greetings to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. All of you tuning in, all of you in the chat, welcome and bless one another. Bless one another. Edify one another and connect together at TorahToTheTribes.com forward slash connect. We are in Maser Shlechim. There's the Hebrew for you that love the Hebrew out there. The Acts of the Apostles. Maser That's a bit of a tongue tire for me this afternoon, apparently. We'll just go with the Acts of the Apostles better. The Acts of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. We're in chapter 3 today. I'm excited to delve in to this teaching, specifically the third chapter. Now, Kepha and Yochanan went up together into the Bet HaMikdash, the temple of Yahuwah, at the hour of Tefillah, prayer, being the ninth hour. Now, that would have been the hour of the Mariv, the Mariv offering. You can look these offerings up, of course, in the book of Bar Midbar, Numbers, specifically chapter 28. This is how our text in the third chapter opens up. But I did come up with a title for this week's teaching before we go any further, and I entitled it, because you know I like to come up with titles occasionally. The Gate of Our Higher Calling. The Gate of Our Higher Calling. And I know that a lot of you out there, and I might have had something to do with it, with the Revelation series, I admit, but some of you out there are still suffering from anxiety and anxiousness in this crazy world in which we live. Anxiety and anxiousness. So we really do need to ascend through the gate of our higher nature to overcome that anxiety and that fear and that anxiousness. So I want to give you a maxim. I want to give you a maxim on this Shabbat. The created cannot be higher than the creator. You see those maxims, they're just so simple. But the profundity of it, if you can really apprehend it, can set you free from anxiety. The created cannot be greater than the creator. A lot of the anxiety and anxiousness that many of you are suffering from right now is because the created governments of this world are causing anxiety and anxiousness in men and women. Did you catch that? The created governments of this world are 
causing anxiousness and anxiety in the hearts and men of men and women. But hang on a minute. Who created the governments of this world? Living men and women. So is it possible that the governments of this world that were created by living men and women are greater than living men and women? It is impossible. And I want to develop this. We are a holy people. We are followers and devout followers of Yahuwah, our creator. And he created a government. And that government sets and rests upon Yahushua's shoulders. Therefore, that government invalidates all other religious governments. Can we agree upon that? The government that Buddha created, that religious government, is invalidated because it does not set upon the shoulders of Yahushua. And all other religious governments set upon the shoulders of their religious leaders, Muhammad, etc., etc. They are invalidated and nullified by the simple truth that Yahuwah created a government, and that government sets upon his son's shoulders that the prophet Isaiah clearly lays out for us. Who created the government of the country that you live on right now? Man. Man. Put me on this camera so I can get a close-up for you. So all that to say this, in the premise here, we need to enter through a gate of our higher nature, our higher calling. We've got to get rid of the anxiety and the anxiousness, and we need to recalibrate that we are in the master's hand, that we operate under a whole different government system, and that ultimately, as living men and women endowed by our Creator and filled with the power of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, we cannot be controlled by the fear that is being thrust upon mankind by a creature that they created. Does that make sense? Now, if the government of the country that you live on was created by men and women, then that government cannot be greater than its creator. Unless, unless, what it did Satan want to do? He wanted to rise up and become like unto Yahuwah. And to do that, and to do that, he had to be the God of his, listen, 
He had to be the God of his own universe. He had to be the creator of a false construct. That's the only way he could do it. And then he had to convince people to come into that false construct and then they would be enslaved. The only way he could be like unto Yahweh was to create his own universe, which is a false creation. It's not true. It's a fantasy, a mirage, if you will, and then get people to come along and volunteer to take part of that artificial universe. Everything that is about to come down the pike is an artificial universe that is going to be manifest through artificial intelligence, artificial persons, an artificial government, artificial DNA coding. And everybody's going to be invited through fear and intimidation and coercion and extortion into that false construct because they can't see the clarity that Yahweh is the creator and that his government is the only true government that rests upon Yahushua's shoulders. And in that government, there is life and equality because you are under the covering of Yahushua. That is why in Lucifer's Satan's kingdom, it is an artificial construct. It is an artificial universe. And in it, you have to step into that and become surety for everything that's artificial. Because it's an artificial government. It was created by men. And the only way that you can be pulled into that is by becoming surety for an artificial person, artificial intelligence, artificial coercion and extortion into it. But if you come back to the truth of what Yahweh has manifest through the prophet Isaiah in the ninth chapter, in the sixth verse specifically, you will enter into a gate of your higher nature. And that is what Acts chapter 3 is about, because there was an artificial government with artificial persons and artificial constructs operating. It was called the temple system, the Roman government construct. And the apostles were afraid. They were suffering from some major anxiety, so much so we know the sound of the cockerel terrified and caused such trauma in Kiefer that he had a crisis of faith. Because sometimes when you have been invited and accept the invitation into that false universe, it operates on fear and anxiety. And it's now time to be pulled out of it by the reality of the Holy Spirit in our lives.
That's my intro. And now we can get back into the text. That's a bit of a heavy one, but I like to keep the scripture real for us today. And we're going to be talking about some things today that if you step out of the artificial universe, if you step out from being surety for the artificial person that they are trying to coerce into their artificial system, which is satanic and luciferic to its very core, and you're seeing it so much now. If you step out of that and step into what Yahuwah has for us today, you are going to see an increase in your life. You are going to see and experience shalom in your life. You are going to be under a throne. That's dominion, which is power. You're going to see masses of mounts of zeal come into your being. And you will wear a Malkizedic robe because Isaiah the prophet promised us that when we apprehend the reality of government. And the world, a hook, line, and sinker into an artificial universe. An artificial universe. It's a dichotomy. And I use that word a lot because that is the reality of what we're seeing manifest in our world. And it is nothing that we haven't been prepared for by the Holy Word and the Holy Spirit of Yahuwah for this time and day. I know that you are ready to receive what Yahuwah is giving you because it's time to pull out and no longer be surety for the artificial that this world is pushing. It's artificial. And if you get sucked into it, you'll believe it's real. But it's not. It's a construct. It was created by men. It does not have the power over the living man and women endowed by the Holy Spirit. It's impossible. The created is not greater than the creator. And with that, you can now come and enter into the gate of the higher nature. So, Kiefer and Yochanan, they went up together into the Bet Hamikdash, the temple at the hour of Tefillah, prayer being the ninth hour, the Mariv. And a certain man, lame from his ema, his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the Bet Hamikdash, the temple, which is called the higher nature. The Greek word there is choraos. Choraos, but the Hebrew, it's very simple. It's tov. It's tov. Now, the daily duties of the priest, in the context of what we're talking about here, being the ninth hour, included the tamid offering. You can look at this in Numbers chapter 28, which was the continuous offering of two sheep put upon the altar continually as an olah, an ascension offering. There was the morning offering at the third hour, which was the mincha. And then there was the afternoon offering at the ninth hour, 
which was the Ma'ariv. Along with, of course, the Tamid offering, they would offer a mincha, a libation of wine. So all of this represents man's heart. And what does the scripture say? If you become a surety and you live in an artificial universe and you subject to yourself to the very thing that you created, man, your hearts will become full of fear. That is called the wearing down of the saints. Yahweh says, pull yourself out of the illusion and come back into reality of his kingdom, of his government, of his son, and of the power of his Holy Spirit. And I promise you, you will see an increase in your life. I promise you, you shall have shalom. I promise you that you will see dominion in your life. And you will be so full of zeal because you'll be walking under a Malkitzedic robe, which is honor, which is power, which is fearless. Not fearless, but we will fear less. And what we were afraid of in the artificial universe the crowing cockerel, we will be able to face and be more than conquerors. Because the altar represents our hearts. So the requirement to have a fire burning continually on the altar demonstrates that our hearts should be kept continually aflame through prayer, and through petition. What's really sad this time of year, being the 12th Roman month of December, is that many brethren are so full of anxiousness and anxiety because on the 25th of December, they will be at a different altar in a what? Artificial universe. They will be at a different altar in an artificial universe of Christmas. In an artificial universe that has been created by man, not the creator. That's why there's so much fear. That's why there's so much anxiety. And that's why so many churches are still shut down and listening to the very things that they created. And they're not living as the way we were called to live as believers. And that's what you're seeing in this world. I'm trying to be as clear as I can with a paradigm shift here. It's a maxim. If you can apprehend what I'm laying down, it's going to help you over this next season, which is why I believe Yahuwah has me here to try and communicate 
just a small piece of truth based upon his holy word. I pray that you can receive that. This is why Daniel, who was in a position like we are, he was in a foreign land under a false government being ruled by tyrants that would bow the knee to a mixture of clay and sand. Yet, what did Daniel do every day, three times a day, at exactly the time of the altar service, showing that his heart was in the reality of Yahweh's government. His heart was not afraid of the false universe of Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar. He was pulled out of it. He had pulled, he was pulled out of it. He operated outside of it. So every day, three times a day, at the third hour, nine o'clock in the morning, the mincha, at the sixth hour, twelve noon of the time of the libation offering, and at the ninth hour, three in the afternoon, the mariv, Daniel was upon his knees, and he was in the reality of the true government which rested upon the prophesied son's shoulders that set him free from anxiousness and anxiety, that he was able to be zealous for his Elohim. There was a massive increase in his life. There was masses of shalom, even when he was thrown to the wolves, to the lions in the den of iniquitous men, he found himself raised up dominion, which is power because of zeal. And he had a robe of righteousness and he was brought before kings. Remember, I said this is all about the gate of the higher nature. In our English translations, it says that the lame man was by the beautiful gate. The Hebrew word there is, of course, tov. It's spelt with a tet. Vav and Ebet, and it means the gate of the higher nature. Now, in the Brown Driver Briggs, it says to the higher nature is the meaning. And if you were to look at the pictograph of this, the Tet in the Hebrew is a pictograph of a basket, a wicker basket. And what does a basket do? It surrounds something correct? It surrounds something. Now, of course, the bet is a picture of a tent or a house. Now, if you combine the tet and the bet, it means surround the house. So the house is entered, which is government, through the higher nature. But you've got to pull out of the false construct. Everything that is going on in this world that brings you more anxiety and more anxiousness is a false construct. It is an artificial person. It is an artificial intelligence. It is an artificial vaccination. It is an artificial government. And that brings forth fear of man. How could the disciples, how could Daniel operate in a world similar to the world that we live in? with threat of violence, with threat of death, with how could they? This is how. This is how Acts chapter 3 is the key. 
The tet being a picture of the basket. Basket, put yourself in it and get surrounded by the gate of your higher nature. The bet being a picture of the tent or a house. Combined together, surround the house. The house is entered into through the higher nature, which is grace, which is beauty, which is love, which is health, which is prosperity. Something that is functional. And once entered, that higher nature will begin to surround you and permeate you and carry you through all the trials and tribulations in life, the equipping for the mission. Are we getting some camera switching in here today? This is what is called the beautiful gate. But in reality, it was the Nicanor gate on the eastern side, the Nicanor gate, and it was made of gorgeous Corinthian bronze, which had beautiful columns upon it. It had beautiful steps. It had a royal portico over it. It would have been the perfect place for a homeless encampment. Is it possible that we will be called upon to perform miraculous healings on those who were deceived and elected to take part in the Bill Gates experimental programs? There's going to be a lot of people that are going to be crippled with Bell's palsy, crippled with all kinds of manifestation of disease. Are you ready to do this very thing in Acts chapter 3? Because I believe he is calling us to manifest his power to humanity. The majority are going to enter into a false universe. And that false universe will cause them to become crippled. Not only spiritually, not only emotionally, but some physically. And the only healing will be a manifest power of Yahuwah. And when that word begins to spread, then the gospel message really begins to spread. There will be no healing outside of the power of the Holy Spirit if you enter into that false construct and that artificial universe of Satan. Because every cure that they try to bring forth after they have concocted their mixture will bring forth another manifestation of Luciferic ill will to humanity. The only way ever to be pulled out of that once taken will be by Yahuwah's mercy and grace and power manifest. Don't think that this beggar had laid there for all these years and tried nothing. He had. And it all worked null. 
But when the power of the Holy Spirit was able to pull him out of that false universe, he, the Bible says, he leaped up, fulfilling the very words of the prophecy. It's a very specific word that I'll talk about here, that he leaped up like a deer that panteth, and he was healed. Look. Verse 3. When seeing Kiefer and Yochanan go about into the Bet Hamakdesh temple, they ask for assistance. And Kiefer Peter, staring at him with Yochanan, John said, look at us, look. And he listened to them, expecting to receive something from them. Oh, I got some medicine from the pharmacia. Let me give you some medicine. Isn't that what you're looking for? You see, you're looking, for, you're looking in the natural. You've got to help me. Need to go to the doctors and looking in the natural, but no, he said, We don't have the natural for you. It's all gone. It's all gone. Those solutions are over. That's not going to help you. Silver and gold, I have none. But what I have, I, I give to you in the name and in the power of Yahushua the Messiah of Nazareth. Rise up out of that artificial universe that you are totally trapped in. There is no way out, and only by the power of the Holy Spirit and the manifestation of Yahushua, now presently vocalized to you, can you be pulled out of it. And once you're pulled out of it, you'll never be the same. I lived in that world of drug addiction, of wickedness, of immorality, of living in the world and a false universe. And just like that, the power of the Holy Spirit pulled me out, never to be the same. I am full of zeal, and I wear a robe from my king, and whatever happens, and sometimes I get fearful, but then I realize it's a false construct. Oh, did I step in to be surety for an artificial person? Did I step in to be... Whoa, hang on a minute. No, that's not me. No, 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 no. I'm the king's kid, if you will. I'm not the kid of your making. I'm no goat, demon. That's what you're all into. No, we've been pulled out of that by the manifestation of his glory and his power. So when you feel that either you or your faith is discredited, Take hope, brethren, take hope. Remember, Yahushua and his movement, they had been totally discredited in the eyes of the politicians. They had been totally discredited in the market merchants. And many of you try to vocalize your faith. You try to vocalize what you really see happening in this world, and people discredit you. They discredit your faith. They may even discredit your family. But this isn't anything that didn't happen to Yahushua himself and the disciples. There is hope for you and I. You've got to hang in there. You have to persevere. They're trying to wear you down. Because when they can wear you down, they can suck you into the false universe of Lucifer. But 
when you see what is being prophesied and being preached to you today, then you can look and you can see in the seventh verse it says thus, and he took him. He pulled him out by the right hand and he lifted him up. And immediately it was instantaneous. His feet and ankle bones received strength. His walk was changed. Just like Yaakov. Why? Because he became into the government on which Jacob rested his head. At Bethel. A temple. The house of Yah. Isn't that what we're talking about? And what did Yaakov pour upon that rock, that house of Yah? Wasn't it oil? Wasn't it Ruach HaKodesh? And then was his life transformed because he saw the reality of a different government. Because Led Zeppelin would like you to be part of the Luciferic and take the stairway to that heaven, which is hell. Right? But there's another way. But that way, right now, is all that is being manifest to this world. You can't trust it. You can't believe it. Unfortunately, and I use that word deliberately because it's based upon fortune-telling, unfortunately, they have all gone with that way because they've listened to fortune tellers and the media today they're fortune tellers that's all it is they're fortune tellers it's witchcraft you got to pull out of that system verse 8 and he leaped up and he stood he had some backbone and then when he was able to stand he still stood and then he walked the walk of Yahweh his halakha. He walked in Yahuwah's ways. And when you walk in Yahuwah's ways, you will what? Enter into the temple with Yahuwah, which is a different government. And you'll begin to leap. And you will give thanks to Yahuwah. No matter what happens to me, I can give thanks to Yahuwah for the life that he has given me. And so can you. So what are we afraid of? I often think of a man called Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Uh, you have heard me speak of many, many times. That was a, a Lutheran preacher back in the 20th century. In the safety of the universities in the East Coast. While those in Germany were suffering and being persecuted. And he was coming to all this understanding. And he, at some point, he's like, how can I sit here in the comfort of these great universities on the east coast of America, learning all about theology and philosophy? Yet my people back in Germany are suffering. It's not authentic. I have to go back to be with my people and speak out against tyranny. And the Nazis ended up imprisoning him. And whilst he was in prison, he wrote some of his greatest, greatest works, which I love to read. And I'm not Lutheran, so, you know, chill, relax. But great works because it was a man 
who knew his days were numbered. But he wasn't afraid of the created construct, which was the Nazi government, because he knew that he was under the government of Yahushua. And they stripped him naked, and he walked in the rain to the gallows, and they hung him. He lived the life that Yahweh had called him, regardless, regardless. He had pulled out of an artificial government. He had pulled out of an artificial system full of fear and tyranny that enabled him to be transfigured. And I believe that we will see him in the kingdom because he lived the life that we're called to live. Maybe not to be martyrs, I pray not, but to be authentic in our faith and to be relatable to people in a world of suffering. A world of suffering. What good is it preaching the word if you cannot relate to the people around you? I pray that when I teach and preach the word, it's relatable to you. If it's not relatable to you and the life that you're living, then I'm ill-equipped for the days in which we live. But I believe that Yahuwah has equipped me through his mercy and his grace because I have no good thing in me except the power of the Holy Spirit which is endowed because of the great work of his son. Because all of our works are but filthy rags and when you begin there, that's a place to begin. Now the verb used in verse 8, it's very rare. Of course, it's Greek, and I'm going to Greek you out here. It's like that cheese they use, exolomy, exolomy cheese. What's the cheese they use in, anyway, right. But the Greek word here for this verb, it's exolomy, which is deliberately used to show prophecy is actually being fulfilled right in our very reading. Because it's translated from the Septuagint from the Hebrew word dalag, dalag. And it comes to us from the text of Isaiah 35, verse 6. Isaiah 35, verse 6. The Septuagint translates the Greek verb here, exalami, from the Hebrew dalag, which is a dalit, lamed, gimel, Isaiah 35, verse 6. Remember, he rose up. He leaped. Then shall the lame man, Dalag, he shall leap up, exalami, as a heart. And the tongue of the stammerers shall speak plainly. For water has burst forth into a desert and a channel of water into a thirsty land. Meaning this, if you live in S.A. Tan's universe and you're afraid of what man has created and you believe what man has created is Lord over him, then you're not living in a biblical reality. You're going to be dry. You're going to be thirsty, and you're going to end up barren in a desert, which is where 2021 is leading for those that are in that system. 
in their thinking and their reality. And unfortunately, the majority in traditional religion right now, they've gone full into that system. They've been pulled in by artificial constructs, stepping in as surety for the artificial construct, which is the government that they created. Because they're not living this reality. But if we can stay in Isaiah's world, in Daniel's world, in the world of transformative power like Kepha, Peter, and John, then what happens? You will literally dalag. You will leap out of that system. You will leap up as a heart. And the tongue of the stammerers on CNN, on MSNBC, you'll see and wake up and see them plainly for what they really are. Occult magicians, luciferic propagandists, and you will be able to come and see that Yahweh will pour in through the Holy Spirit, through that channel of living water, you'll be brought forth abundantly with power. And you'll no longer thirst and no longer be hungry because you'll be living in a different governmental system. That's how the disciples operated. That's how we need to live and operate. The Isaiah passage refers to the blessing of the eschatological age. Verse 1, we can see in chapter 3 of Acts, they were still going to temple, weren't they? Our faith in Yahusha, then, it doesn't invalidate the practice of Torah. It just transforms the practice of Torah from Levitical to Malkitzedic. But Torah is always going to connect us back to the promises of Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, which is, of course, is elaborated on in chapter 3 here and the 25th verse. There's the connection there. You'll see it as we get to the 25th verse. What happens, though, when we misinterpret our mission? Have you ever misinterpreted your mission? I never have. What? Now, some of you who know me are absolutely chuckling right now because, of course, I've misinterpreted my mission. And some of you that know me closely have been able to help me get back on the mission. And I dare say that maybe towards the end of Revelation, I had misinterpreted my mission sometimes along the way. But what happens, though, when we do misinterpret our mission and mandate by Yahuwah and get sidetracked or pushed into a puddle of illusion and confusion. Well, we're not alone because in chapter 3 will show us how to get out of that puddle of illusion and oftentimes disillusion. Because for the first few years, the newly formed assembly or kahal, they remained in Jerusalem, didn't they? Because the leaders, they misinterpreted the mandate to take the gospel to the world. They believed that the world was going to come to them and they were going to operate as they had before 
in the false governmental system of the temple and the Levitical priesthood. They misinterpreted the mission because their mind was aligned with a false construct of government. They were sidelined. Anxiety built. Fear built. All of those things. They mistakenly believed that the book of the covenant from Abraham meant that Yahweh would bring the nations to them in Jerusalem rather than the reality from Isaiah, the true government, is that, you, no, no, you're going out to the nations. They're not coming to you, you lazy son of a... You're going out to the... Oh, but you're scared to go out to the nations. It's scary out there, isn't it? Right? No, it's not. Not when you're in the government of Isaiah. It's not scary. It's the difference. Don't be afraid out there. We were created by Yahweh for such a time as this. You could have been alive in any generation, but Yahweh chose to plonk your backside down right here in 2000 and crazy 20 soon to be 21. Why? Because you are equipped for this generation. But you've got to pull out of the false construct. Don't be surety for the artificial system. No longer be a surety for it. Not only has the tradition... Listen, not only... Because I know a lot of you are wondering, as Christmas approaches... Why, why? How come they're not listening to anything I'm saying? They don't believe a word. It's, oh, but in my heart, oh, in my heart, the Lord really is on top of the Christmas tree. As I No. What's happening? Not only has the traditional church misinterpreted things since 325 of the common era, but the messianic movement has misinterpreted things as well like the Torah and Jewishness for the past 20 odd years. It took the persecution of chapter 8 in the book of Acts to force the apostles out. It took the persecution in chapter 8 to force them out and impel them to fulfill their mission destiny. And I suggest to you, ladies and gentlemen, that whatever you're experiencing right now is going to force you either to acquiesce to a Luciferic counterfeit or force you and push you out into a governmental kingdom of Yahuwah. And it's going to be uncomfortable. Either way, but one of them's going to lead to death and one's going to lead to life because Yahuwah takes care of his children as an eagle. We are the eagle of his eyes, the apple of his eyes, the pupil of his eye. But just like an eagle has to push the young out of the nest, what happens is those eaglets they grow and as they grow within that nest that nest begins to prick and push them that then they are forced out and they either are going to crash and burn and you think you are but you will soar and fly when you trust that Yahuwah has you in the pupil of his eye 
This is all the book of the covenant language that I'm communicating and laying down for you. Go to Exodus chapter 19 and you'll see it specifically thereafter laid out. Look, I believe like the disciples in Acts chapter 8 that it took persecution to force them out of that governmental system of the temple. The very thing that they created, that they believe was greater than them. That they fled and they abandoned Yahusha. But then all of a sudden they realize, hang on a minute, we created this thing. No way is the created thing greater than the living man and woman endowed by the Holy Spirit. And when persecution came and it forced them out of that system and impelled them to fulfill their mission destiny, I believe, like them, it took you and I to face the persecutions and criticisms to impel us to fulfill our mission and identity in 2020 during this COVID-19 luciferic construct. It's only expediating the call to the mission at hand, I believe. It's very pressing. It's very pressing. So Yah has his hand on us through all of these trials. That's what I'm trying to communicate. How we do it is being anchored in the power of the Ruach HaKodesh, which is why the healing appears specifically right here to anchor the disciples in the power to equip them for what is about to be manifest in their daily lives. You see, they had been attending the morning and evening prayers for the 10 days. It was literally their 10 days of awe, right? That was their 10 days of awe, of fear and tribulation. Well, he left us. He's. What are we going to do for these 10 days? Will he... Is this promise really going to... That was their 10 days of awe, right? So what were they doing during those 10 days of awe? They were going and they were praying just like Daniel did. They were pulling out of the false construct by pressing into prayer and prophecy as they waited for the coming of the Holy Spirit. But they were still keeping Torah. They were still going to temple on one of the first afternoons, at three in the afternoon in the ninth hour, then the burnt offerings for the days were sacrificed in a morning, 9 a.m., and evening in the 3 p.m. service. So this was the evening sacrifice. This was examples right here in the book of Acts of sacred Torah observance. We can't avoid that reality, even though many have chosen to. In verse 13, we see that the hostility to the gospel actually supplies Acts throughout with a dramatic plot. And the hostility going on right now in our world actually supplies us the reality of revelation to a dramatic plot. It is a plot. And I know, oh no, it's not a plot. It's not a plot. No, it's a plot. It's a plot which here moves towards a climax in the death of Stephen. And then in the second half of the book, it rises to a climax in the trial of Paul.
But it's all a plot. It's all a plot. So what better book for us today to study when hostility abounds, when there are dramatic plots afoot, and there's all twists and turns of all of this fake universe being thrust upon us, a whole governmental system that is a fabrication and a creation of man's invention. Therefore, it cannot master the living man and woman who steps into the government of Yahuwah. But unless you step into the government of Yahuwah, you will be pulled in to be surety for that system. And in that system of surety, you shall perish. Because that system is built upon an artificial universe. Therefore, everything within that artificial universe must be artificial. Correct? You're just now about to see the apex of that artificial system with humanity point two O. which will be the death spiral of the DNA helix. But not for you and I. Because we're of a different government, which is endowed by real power. Because ultimately, that DNA helix comes from Jacob. It's a different temple. It's a different house. It's a different oil. It's a different manifestation of reality. Verse 13, man, I'm going long today. Oh, I'm feeling kind of deep today. Am I teaching deep or am I just like making no sense whatsoever? <sighs> There's much to ponder, is there not? There is much to ponder, brethren. The Elohim of Abraham and of Yitzhak and of Yaakov, the Elohim of our fathers, has esteemed his son, Yahushua, who you delivered up, you denied him in the presence of Pilate, you filthy, rotten little scoundrels. When he was determined to let him go. If you had stood up, you'd have never got this blooming lockdown. If you'd have stood up, they would have determined to let... No, but you absolutely went for surety of the artificial system. And now they got you in. Then well, This was supposed to only last for 10 days. Nine months later. Oh, we're going to go... They keep pulling it out because they pulled you in. They pulled you into their artificial construct. You accept it, you idiots. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the system. You denied the Holy One, the Righteous One of Israel, and desired that a murderer be released to you. You had everything available to you, but you literally, you chose. You chose it. Well, allegedly. Remember I spoke about dominion? I said that deliberately. 
Because those that chose another, they chose it using an artificial construct of dominion. Oh, come on. You know what I'm talking about, right? Ultimately, they're trying to kill the true government of Yahuwah, which is all about living men and women, vibrancy, grace, mercy, peace, equity, equality, where humanity comes together by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. There is neither male or female, slave or free. We are a multi-ethnic... Tr- oh, hang on a minute. Why don't we racially divide everybody up? and Men and women and trans this and that and blah, blah, blah. And all this false construct of mumbo-jumbo-ness. And let's get everybody hating one another and oh, manifest all this evil. When in reality, there's another way. Oh, but you buy into it. Because all you can see is your, what's right before you... F- and you buy into it. It's called the theater of war for a reason. Because war truly is a spectator's sport. Unless you've been pulled into it as surety, and you'll be the one on the battlefield bleeding and dying. But back in Rome, Back in the days of Abraham, war is a spectator's sport. If you pull out of the surety, you can sit by and it's theater. Unless you become a surety for it, you won't be pulled in it. It's called a theater of 2021 unless you're pulled in it you'll be surety and you'll be bleeding you'll be bleeding it's decision time isn't it the point is verse 13 to 15 you killed him but he died for you Yeah, you killed him, but he died for you. We all killed him. Adam, being the peak representative of humanity, fell in sin. Our best representative fell in sin. He died for us, meaning repent and believe. No, 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 I didn't just say have some kind of belief in your mind. You, if you miss the first step, you'll, you'll never get out of the system. You better repent. You need to repent. And that repentance then will bring about belief. But I don't believe that you believe if you haven't repented. And if you're still doing that wicked stuff that you used to do, then your belief is a false construct, which is why you're still doing all of this paganism and all this nonsense 
created by men. It's an artificial AI system of religion. And AI systems, they just, they just make you feel good. But they're not true. Remember I spoke of the misguided or the misrepresented mission where the disciples were misguided and misrepresented. They thought that all the nations would come to them and they could just stay up there in another governmental system. But it's only when the government of Isaiah was manifest that they realized, oh, wrong misguided mission. No, we have to leave the nest and go out to the nations and manifest the government, which means we are going to do supernatural things. Because we're going to be pulling people out of the matrix. Pulling them out of their pods. It's going to be amazing. It's already getting pretty good. I've got to tell you. <sighs> Pulling them out of their pods. Might have to unplug a few little ones just because. They've manifest so much wicked. Just unplug them. Well, that's not merciful. That's not kind. Well, I'm trying to be better. But we have to repent. We have got to repent. We have to believe that our belief is real so we can be saved. Unfortunately, many have been left with a shallow faith based upon their beliefs of what is rather than having personally experienced repentance, which brings about a personal miracle, which then cements a lifelong belief that can never... I don't know where to look. Where did the lights go? I've got no lights. I don't know. Shall I look in the corner? I'm just messing with my, my son here. What were you doing? Were you, what, what, where were you? His fingers, your finger better not slip when we're messing around with firearms. Well, see, I can always bring it back to the natural. You can always count on Matthew Nolan to, see, don't ever stop praying for me. I won't stop praying for you. We don't stop praying for one another. Verse 14. Will I ever get through chapter 3? That remains to be seen. Are you in for the long haul? <laughs> you denied the Holy One, the Righteous One of Israel, and desired that a murderer be released for you. Well, those in the false construct, they, they chose something that is going to absolutely cause the mayhem, and it goes for Joe and the Ho, who's coming forth, manifest in this false construct reality. It's not reality, but it's their reality because they made the wrong choice. And I'm not getting political. Well, okay. I'm talking governmental. Ultimately, we're pulling out of the whole system, right? Look, these are titles and not just descriptions that are vital not to be overlooked here. The Kadosh one, the Zadik one of Israel. Who is the Zadik one? Who is the Kadosh one? These are titles, not just descriptions. Let's look and see if I can bring us into a whole new realm 
of power. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 4. Who is the Kadosh one, the Holy One? Ah, sinful nation, a people full of sins. Remember, we have to repent so that we can believe. You didn't realize how much chapter 3 is a prophecy of Isaiah's words. I think today you're seeing that. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 4. Ah, sinful nation, a people full of sins, an evil seed, a false construct of government, lawless children, ye have forsaken the Lord. Now, I said that deliberately. The Hebrew there is, of course, Yahuwah, the Hebrews 3068, and provoked the Holy One of Israel. So, according to Isaiah, who's the Holy One of Israel? The Lord. yod Hey wah Hey, Strong's Hebrew number 3068. Yet that title, name, not just the description, is attributed to who in the book of Acts? Yahusha. So Yahusha and Yahweh are Besarachad, one flesh. Because Yahusha's flesh didn't come from the dust of the earth, it came from the bread from heaven. One flesh. Isaiah, these are great scriptures to use on the JWs, which is, again, a false governmental system. And imagine, remember how I began this? If Yahweh is the creator of a government and his government rests upon his son's shoulders, then that makes all other religious governments null and void which would include the Jehovah Witness, because they deny the very shoulders on which the true government rests. Isaiah 5, 9, Let the counsel of the Kadosh One, the Holy One of Israel, come, that we may know it. Now, the context of Isaiah 5, 19 is Isaiah 5, 16, where we find Strong's Hebrew number 30, 68, telling us again, Who's the Holy One of Israel? yod Hey, wah Hey, manifest in Yahushua the Messiah, who is Yahuwah in the flesh, Besar Echad, one flesh. Isaiah chapter 10, verse 20, And it shall come to pass in that day that the remnant of Israel shall no more join themselves with, and the saved of Jacob shall no more trust in them that injured them, but they shall trust in the Kadosh Elohim, the Holy One of Israel in truth. Now, Isaiah 10, verse 20, the Holy God, it's translated in the King Jimmy. Again, Strong's number in the Hebrew, 3068, yod heh This blows down the religious cults that say, well, Yahushua was just a man. Well, then you're part of a false religious governmental system. Because the Bible's very clear. Very clear. Let's look at the righteous one. The righteous one means equitable. Equitable. In character. Equitable in the way you act. It's the Hebrew word, zadik. 
one who walks a straight path. Psalm 129, verse 4. The Lord is righteous. He hath cut asunder the cords of the wicked. The Lord, of course, Hebrew strong number 3068 again. Acts chapter 7, verse 52. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who foretold the coming of the Zadik one, the just one, of whom you have now been the betrayers and the murderers. Acts 22, verse 14. And he said, The God of our fathers hath chosen thee, that thou should knowest his will and the just one, and shouldest hear the voice of his mouth. Of course, this is pulling from Psalm 129, verse 4. In reality, the Elohim of our fathers, and of course, the Zadik, righteous yod Hey wah manifest right there to Israel in Acts chapter 3. The God, of our, the God of our fathers, the Greek word here is theos. Theos. It's used in the Septuagint as a translation of Yahuwah. The same Yahuwah who does what? Speaks. So we should hear the voice of his mouth. The same voice is calling us to the book of the covenant sprinkled with a better, better blood. You see, Yahweh has proved these astounding claims. How? By raising Yahushua from the dead. And the chosen are witnesses who can attest to the fact. I can attest to the fact that Yahushua is alive. I can witness to that. I can witness to the fact that Yahushua is alive. I don't care what you do to me. I don't care if you believe me or not. That's, that's uh, you know. Well, then you have. Uh, no, I can attest that Yahushua is alive. <laughs> I mean, it's it's an absurdity to me to think otherwise. Why? Because I've seen him. Because I've heard him. I've smelt him. How is that so? Well, because I was dead, and now I'm alive. Some of you go, oh, what, he does, what does he smell like? He smells like challah bread on Shabbat. He smells like showbread because he is the showbread. You can't take that from me. You don't have to believe it, but I know it's true, which makes me a witness, which is exactly what the apostles, they had to have witnessed him to be apostolic and have the authority. The reason that I teach with authority, and many people over the years have misunderstood me and misunderstood my mission and think, oh, well, Matthew, he's just, you know, aloof. Or, oh, Matthew, he's, oh, he must be prideful. No, don't, don't mistake my confidence in the resurrection of Yahushua for pride, please. I mean, I mess up, and I and I and I'm a the, the f a fool of a man sometimes. I admit it, 
And my wife is always the first person to tell me, okay? And that's okay. That's why she's my wife. Because I don't get away with anything, and I'm glad. But I have experienced and seen the risen Yahushua in my life, and I'm fully confident of his redemption, as you should be too, in your lives. And if you're not, it's only simply because you didn't repent before you came up with these amazing beliefs. You have to repent to get the true belief. Otherwise, it's a false construct that will waver and fail when times get tough. And times are going to get tough for those in the false construct. They're not going to be tough for us. They're not. They're not going to be. Because no matter what happens, we're witnesses to his resurrection and that he's alive. And that's an overcoming faith like Isaiah, like Daniel, of the prophets of which they spoke would be manifest in these last days, in your life and my life. We are living in these days that they have written about for thousands of years and of which the angels will inquire of you and I. Of you and I. And in his name, verse 16, through Emunah, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and now, yes, the Emunah, the faith, which is by him, has given him the perfect soundness in the presence of all of you. Note that Yahushua is both the subject the faith that comes through him, and he's the object, faith in him. That's very important, because that's what enables us to be crazy zealous, crazy bold, and in the midst of spookiness and oppression and tyranny, we can still have a bit of fun with the zeal of it. And that doesn't mean that you're not going to be afraid sometimes. But you will fear less. And then when you push through and get through it, you'll walk away and you'll be like, I would never have done that. But I did. You just did that yesterday, didn't you? See? Yahushua is both the subject, the faith that comes through him, in verse 16, and the object, faith in him, of our faith. There is a strong emphasis on both sides of the process of faith here. What was done on the tree and what is being done in you today through the work of the Holy Spirit. That's the emphasis. Yes, what was done, but what is being done today. Faith cannot exist without a past and present reality. Not in a true government of Yahuwah. Not in a true government of Yahuwah. 
What am I going to do? Am I going to turn this into a two-week teaching? Good night. I was like, I'll get through that in no time and look at me. Sorry, it's live. And you get some saltiness with the Marmite occasionally. So my apologies that I've gone really long, but I do hope that I was able to communicate something that is relatable and true today to help you and I navigate the time that we live in. You may have to rewind the tape. Now I'm showing my age. You may have to re-spin the vinyl. All right, stop it. Let's take some questions here on the chat. If anyone's left, did you all bounce? You all bounced, didn't you? Give us some thumbs up. And if any of you dare, even dare to give us a thumbs down, then we'll know what government you're manifesting. Too much soy in your lattes. All right. I'm going to have my homemade sparkly water. What am I to do with me? What are you to do with me? What are we going to do with one another? It's too much fun, isn't it? It is awesome being a believer. i got to tell you, it is awesome. I mean, I did some crazy stuff when I was a heathen, and I thought that that was good living. It was folly. It was folly. I did some crazy stuff. Ecclesiastics is basically my life. And then at the end of the day, you go, and the sum of the matter is, it's awesome being a believer. Just fear Yahweh and keep his commandments. And that's where the power is. And everything else, it's nothing. It's nothing in this world. And it goes by so quickly. All right, get get to the chat. All right, let's get to the live chat. If you want me to pay attention to you, then make yourself manifest and known to me through a red line at Torah to the Tribes. (laughs) And then I might see you. Carlos, brother. I had to be the first one to give a thumbs up. Well, thank goodness. Now, is that Carlos, Canadian Carlos up there, the Goose Tribe? I hope it is. If not, it's a different Carlos. Then introduce yourself. Blessings to you. Baruch Hashem Yahweh. Oh, look, Mickey. Haven't seen Mickey in a while. Blessings to you, Mickey, over there. You're a mess. I love you totally. Hugs to Tamra. See, Mickey's actually met me multiple times, so she can say that. And when she does say that, there is, of course truth in it because she's seen me before coffee in the morning as I've stumbled down into the Torah to the tribes um, assembly at Passover and I most probably was a mess but we know that she's talking metaphorically as well as literally. I love the soy joke Florence Eliana. My daughter's name is Eliana. My wife does not like the soy jokes. But we love the soy jokes, don't we, Moshe? We do. My boys like the soy jokes. We do. Sorry, we just do. I think that's a great way to explain some of this strange stuff that you may see manifest (laughs) in the false construct of government to your children. 
Cairo Alexander, Matthew, speaking of their created world, did you see the alien Jesus Vatican nativity scene? Very strange or not really depending on what you expect. No, I didn't see that. I don't know what you're talking about, but I'd like to see it. I really would. R.H. R.H. Shabbat Shalom, R.H. Great debar on this wonderfully awesome Shabbat brother, Matthew. Thank you. Thank you all for being supportive, for putting up with me. I mean, my goodness, you're still here in the chat. What a blessing. I know that Yahweh is working in your lives. And support one another, please. TorahToTheTribes.com forward slash connect. You've got your Shabbat fellowship, which is a fabulous. You've got your calendar club for the brainiacs out there. You've got your women's prayer. You've got your Torah youth. You've got your men's group. We've got things going on six days a week, even in lockdown, quarantine, and all this mumbo-jumbo. You can still lift one another up and be powerful and equip the saints. So do get together with one another. Diesel Grandpa, of course, a man after my own heart. I love you, brother. He loves the soy jokes. Well, I know you do, because you and me, you see, that's the problem. And you have a good wife, too, that most probably, most probably, you know, has to kind of temper you down as well, you see. See, I know you do. I know you do. Cody, is there a Torah-based curriculum you recommend for homeschooling little ones? You know, there is. My wife's in charge of it. And I would have to check with her. And we have a fabulous, fabulous curriculum. But I don't have it on the top of my head. Moshe, are you enjoying your homeschooling? He is. And it's very, it's just it's astounding, the things that he's learning. Astounding. Giant killer. Yeah, good old vinyl. Exactly. Good old vinyl. Mm. Oh, here we go. I love Mary Trotter here. With She hasn't figured out how to do the red lining, so she just puts a red crayon in there. Let me get this straight. That sounds like it's going to be a serious one. Let me get this straight. People who take a shot not knowing it's the mark, we can help undo it? Ooh. Well, that's is that a question or is that an answer? What's the answer to your question? If it's the mark of the beast, then no. If it's not, then yes. Only time shall tell. Yahweh is merciful, gracious, and long-suffering, abounding in goodness and truth, extends mercy to thousands, but will not forgive the iniquity if you don't repent. It goes to the third and the fourth generation. So repent. Colin Speak says, Do we see, ooh, Colin Speak, do we see public executions taking place? Is this because of the Dietrich Bartenhofer thing? See, I've got to be careful what I say. You guys, you guys, I'm, I'm egging you on. We're going to be all a bunch of zealots. Yeah. Do we see, I tell you what, I've got, a, I've got a list of people I would like to see publicly. 
Be careful, Matthew. Oh, see. Do we see public executions taking place to the called out ones as Rome's, Rome tries once again to reestablish itself? Well, I'm hoping that we're going to see some justice. And I'm hoping it's going to be Yahweh's divine justice. And then there is judgment, and it comes swiftly. Not years and years of this in, in this fake judicial system. No, it's swift justice. Justice must be administered justly for it to be just. Shoftim, the judges of the Torah, ultimately, Deuteronomy chapter 18, Yahushua is that righteous judge. So I pray that his justice would be manifest in our days. Mark, Sh uh, Mark Shroy. Shabbat Shalom, Brother Matthew. Shabbat Shalom, Mark. Just wondering, what's going on out there in Oregon? Are they lining up for the fake vaccine? Well, all I know is I got an email from the state this week wanting me to answer questions about vaccinations. And I'm like, um, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be uh, giving any information because last time I checked, I don't consent. And I don't answer questions. So go down yonder road and ask somebody else to be a part of your surveys. So, of course, tyranny will always try and push. So, what, four days after they ship the stuff out here, all of a sudden you'll get in the state trying to ask you questions about the environment in which you live and the people that you interact with so that they can gain information and they can start doing their thing. I mean, pull out of it. Pull out of it. Bill Crane, Matthew, your message put into words what was spoken to me in the spirit earlier today. Baruch Hashem Yahweh, thank you, Bill. Confirmation of the spirit broad and wide. Thanks for speaking out and taking the lead. Well, thank you, Bill, for such kind words. You know, I, I just I'm, thank you so much, truly humbly. Gene D., how can we see the mark of the beast if it is hidden in the hand or the forehead? We don't have to see with our own eyes. We just have to see by the power of the Holy Spirit to the deceptions and the luciferase that is being manifest in our days and not be full of anxiety and fear. We're going to be transformed, transformed out of this place. All right, now, now, now Johanna Jordan says, Blessings to you, Matthew. Her husband was laughing at your comment. Ari, wife shows you how you're the fool in Proverbs. <laughs> was raising his hand and jumping up and down, all in fun. Well, it is all in fun. Isn't it wonderful to have a good wife? And you find a good wife is a beautiful thing. And that's true. But it doesn't mean... And now, last week, I started to say something, and my wife, I came home, and she's like, oh, that was a good catch. I just, just did another one of those good catches. Yeah, 
you know, Lorraine, Lorraine Oki from Okie Doki Country says the Moderna COVID-19 vaccine syringe has harvested aborted fetal tissue made by Gates, Fauci, NIH. Yes, we know that, that, that um, um, well, again, we've got to be careful what we say on YouTube. Read, read her chat right there. But um, Nuremberg trials, okay, Nuremberg laws, it's illegal to experiment on people without their consent. It's called experimental vaccination. Experimental, therefore, falls under the Nuremberg laws. Look them up. And remember, it's all about consent. Even if you, if you say nothing, then you have consented. Because you're in that system, unless you pull out. Again, it's all part of that false construct, right, of fear. But there's another way, there's another way. And that way is Yahusha, who is the way, the truth, and the life. The light, the power. And Yahweh's with us. Oh, it's exciting times to be alive. Eli, Eli, I'm having a trouble reading your guys' names today. My goodness. Oh, here's a good one. Following the white horses says this, the mark of the beast is already coming into play through the choices made based on what is in your mind, which directs your actions, which would determine whether you want to buy and sell and trade Ezekiel 28 with that system, right? It's all part of Ezekiel 28. Gerhard, Gerhard, I believe that's Gerhard. I can see your little picture in there. Gerhard, Shabbat Shalom. I think you're in South Africa, aren't you, brother? Needles are like the teeth of snakes, he says. Yes. Now, fish and chips. Ooh, oh, I'd like some fish and chips right about now, wouldn't you? Nice battered cod and chips from the chippy dipped in the curry sauce. Oh, no, I like dipping it in the curry sauce, the brown curry sauce. Oh, it's good. Fish and jits. Amazing ministry on this Shabbat, my friend. Keep up your works. The Holy Spirit has blessed you with a brilliant mind. Wow. Thank you so much. Because I was starting to feel like my mind wasn't that brilliant this afternoon. And some of you know it's not, it's not brilliant minded. So, thumbs down, thumbs down. Yes. Uh, but you're still watching, though, aren't you? See, that's it. See, it's, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know. Do you think they will ban traveling if you don't get the vax? Oh, for sure and for certain, for certain. Oh, yeah. Fauci's name means sickle from Stephen Pearson. Wow, Modesto, brother. Modesto down there in the Gaza Strip. Israel was in Egypt for 400 years. Actually, I think they were in Egypt for 210 years. But I know that many in the Christian church would say 400. But I believe if you go to the genealogy of Exodus chapter 6, you'll find out it was 210 years. It was 400 years from the promise of the flaying open of the pieces until... 
they come. And then the Ephraimites, of course, they got the prophecy wrong and they left 40 years early. That's the 40-year count. And they got slaughtered in the wilderness. So 210 years, but we'll give you some grace because you're a brother. Jerusalem fell on the 400th year. Babylon's superpower, 400 years. Goths caused fall of Rome 400 years after Golgotha. Mayflower lands 400 years ago, 1620. Yeah, there you go. Larry, make sure you work on that math problem for us, please. Okay? Um, Larry will have an answer for us next week. Sparkanu is ya. I don't know how long I'm going. I'm going way too long. I forgot to lit. I mean, what's going on with me today? Where did I, did I lose you? Sparkanu is ya. Truth matters. The tetranamagron is Yahuwah. There is no J, there is no W, there is no V in the Paleo-Hebrew. So we're going with a Yod, we're going with a Hey, we're going with a Wa, and we're going with a Hey. That's what I said. Yahuwah. You may pronounce it different, Sparkanu is Yah, but I agree with you. So there you go. Larry, Larry, so are the blacks the mixed multitude. The migration of Judah. Watch it. I'll blow your mind. Oh, Gerhard, he's not from South Africa. You're from the Netherlands. That's right, that's right. I remember. Sorry. South Africa, Netherlands. Fish and Jits agrees with me. It sounds delicious, my friend. I've never had it dipped in curry sauce. Oh, yeah, that's what you do, though. It'd be fabulous. Now, um, Mickey, we'll finish up with a prophetic word from Mickey. And she says, Chris, at FEMA Region 4, you are a mess too, brother. So there you go, Chris, in FEMA Region 4. You're a mess. I'm a mess. Let's be a mess together because this whole world is a bloody mess, isn't it? And the only way that we can pull out of this world is by coming into the manifest reality of Yahuwah's kingdom. I had some fun today. I hope you had some fun, but I also hope that you did take pause with me and realize the seriousness and the power that is encapsulated here in chapter 3. I may do a little bit of chapter 3 next week, or I may just quickly go into chapter 4, or I don't know. I mean, who knows, right? We don't know. The days and the hours are upon us, and we shall live by faith. Remember, please consider supporting this ministry. To all of you that have been faithful this year, coming to the year-end close, thank you. Thank you so, so very much. And all of you that are making the connections with one another, please, please continue to make those connections. And I want to thank the good doctor down there in Oklahoma who sent me an email about the land and about Passover. Totally going to get back to you. It's been a mad week. So many emails, so much to do, so little time as we all. But brother, thank you so much for your tender heart and for the mission that you are doing with your family down there in that blooming dust bowl. But thank you for offering up the land and offering up a place for Passover. I am going to be getting back to you. And thank you. Just came right to my mind right now. So 
Baruch Hashem Yaho. It's amazing just to see how much support we get from all of you out there with your tithes, with your offerings, with your friendship, your emails, with your lovely cards and the communication that I see, not only in the chat, but also in the comments section afterwards. Yahuwah is doing amazing things in us. Yahuwah is doing amazing things in this time. But we really do need to recalibrate into the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you all and Shabbat Shalom.